Welcome back to Mission in 5, the podcast, where we ask five simple questions to pastors, ministry leaders, and church members, and basically anybody else we can convince into coming on the podcast to learn, learn more about who they are as people and where they see God moving in their community. I am your host, as always, Greg Manula. Welcome to Season 2. This is the first episode of our second season of Mission in 5, the podcast. In our first season, you might remember that we met with a lot of really great church leaders who are engaged in some amazing ministry in Nebraska and around the world. We met a seminary president, a mental health professional and and pastor. We met a pastor who discussed a really big move to a new location. We met a couple of lay leaders, one in a multicultural context in Lincoln and a lay leader who who leads a firefighter ministry in western Nebraska. We even had a chance to sit down and talk with the General Secretary of the American Baptist Churches USA and a few keynote speakers and authors at conferences. So if you're new to the podcast, I encourage you to go back and check out Season 1 and listen to those conversations. All right, onward and upward with Season 2 of Mission in 5, the podcast. Today, my guest is Reverend Dr. John Weimer. He serves as the pastor of Gibbon Baptist Church in Gibbon, Nebraska. He is also the chaplain of the 67th Maneuver Enhancement Brigade of the Nebraska Army National Guard. John is a third-generation Baptist minister whose work in Nebraska uh, as a pastor in churches and in the military context uh, has been here since 2007. John is an ordained minister with ABC USA. He has a BA in history from Bellevue University an MDiv from Liberty Theological Seminary, and his Doctor of Ministry is from the Garrett Evangelical Theological Seminary. Welcome to the podcast, Pastor John. How are you doing today? Hey, thanks, Greg. Good to be talking with you. Great. Well, our format is simple enough. We're going to ask you five simple questions to learn more about who you are and where you see God moving in your community. So do you want to just dive right in here? Sure. That sounds good. All right, here we go. Question number one. Who are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I grew up in a a rural area west of Seattle, and um, I've always been a a big reader. So those kind of two impulses have really followed me through my life. So I love to study and read and kind of get to the bottom of things, learn about new things. Um, And I also grew up in that kind of a hardworking uh, rural environment, or also referred to as kind of a blue-collar environment. So um, I found I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a weirdo in the sense that um, I, I like to perform. I like to do well at things. Like, I really like to push. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I have, like, that blue-collar kind of rural sensibility. Um, so kind of, I guess I'm kind of a geek, but not as geeky as some people. If that makes sense. <laughs> I'm I'm a pretty big geek myself. <laughs> yes. You you're smarter than me too, Greg. Oh, I don't know about all that. <laughs> um tell so, us a little bit about your family. Um you're married? You have some kids? Yeah, so um my wife and I got married in two thousand five and uh we have four kids. Uh our kids are uh eleven nine and seven and then we have a seven month old and uh they uh i i refer to them as the uh they're kind of a personal embodiment of the holy spirit in my life they uh they uh keep us on track and consistent stuff Uh, but yeah that's 
So um, we try to do as much as I can, um, both in military and in church ministry with um, my kids and as a family um, where that's possible. All right. That's pretty great. So tell me a little bit about you being a, a third-generation pastor. Yeah, so um, it's kind of funny because uh, this coming Sunday I'm starting a series with Jonah, and um, I've actually kind of referred to myself as a Jonah. Um, I think so growing up in the in the uh, ministry, my, my father and grandfather were both um, fundamentalists, Baptist pastors, so Baptists, but a little bit different than American Baptists. Sorry, yeah, they're, they're just a little bit different than some of our American Baptist friends. <laughs> yeah, just a little. <laughs> I was soft-selling that. There's, there's actually significant difference, but um, they were Baptists in the sense of, um, you know, they, they took seriously God's Word that um, this is God speaking to us. Um, they took seriously that the church ought to be connected with um, the rest of life and um, you know there's some of those pieces that have carried through for me but I feel like when you grow up in the ministry you kind of see the best and the worst of you know what the church is and what sort of professional ministry is and um, I, I, I remember my wife always remind people that when she met me, I swore up and down, I would never be a pastor. And, um, <laughs> when I, when I, um, refer to Jonah, I'm talking about kind of running the other direction. And, um, I think I needed to be, there was a lot of pressure in our family growing up. Um, my parents always said, you know, you can be a, a plumber or a police officer or, uh, any, occupation that starts with a P, but not a pastor, but you don't have to be a pastor or missionary to be godly, but, you know, it was kind of always that unspoken, like, this is really what you ought sure. to do, and um, mm -hmm. so, yeah, for me, it had to kind of become my own idea, and God had to, God had to work in my life in a way that I, that I responded between him and me, not, not that family or social pressure. Yeah, so your calling is your own. Yep. Even though you are multi-generational, you feel like it's not necessarily um, exclusively the family business. It just also happens to be the family business. Yeah, I think for me that's really how it worked out. Um, uh, my um, my um, dad and uh, two uncles were Baptist pastors and my dad has passed away, but I still have two uncles that are um, Baptist pastors in the in the more fundamentalist world, and then I have a brother that is in is a, a theology professor, and um, I I do think that it. So I've had some interesting conversations about this with some different people, and I mean I do think there is an aspect of it being the family business that hey you're maybe a little more comfortable with it than than other people. It's not as foreign, but yeah, definitely for me, it was not, oh, dad was a pastor, grandpa was a pastor, I think I want to be a pastor. It was not nearly that simple for me. So. Right, right. Very good. Okay, so um, that, that just brings us right to, to question two. We've, we've touched on it already, but um, the second question is always, how did you get here? How did you, how did you get from Oregon to being the pastor in um in Gibbon, Nebraska. 
Um, yeah. So, and I'm going to correct you. Uh, Washington State is not. Ah, yes. It's not Oregon, although they. It's a very different place, isn't it? It is. It is. I think there's a lot of. <laughs> Sorry pot. about that. No, no, that's okay. Uh, for sure, a lot of pot gets smoked in both places. So, um, <laughs> I, you know, um, boy. So, I actually think one of the so one of the things that happened for me where I really um, that kind of set me spe- more specifically on a ministry path was actually through the military. So, you know, I I grew up with this. Um, I felt like we were kind of taught that God's calling was this, um, oh, the heavens splitting open and the, the the amazing soundtrack playing, you know, and it, that never happened for me. And um, kind of my experience was that being in the military, I was not a chaplain, and um, I started to see, like, what ministry could look like to soldiers, and... I think that was really how God opened my heart to, to ministry in the chaplaincy and in the church. And so when I was in Iraq, I started um, talking to our church back home. They had been looking for a youth pastor primarily. And um, the pastor kind of pitched me on, hey, you're not sure about calling. Um, why don't you try this? We've been looking for a youth pastor. And he said, basically, um, this would be a chance for you to kind of to just see how God leads and, and get a start here. So I came back from a deployment to to Iraq in 2007 and became a youth pastor. It was an assistant pastor role that was primarily youth and uh, men and college group and stuff like that. And, um, okay. and then at the same time, um, started working on my MDiv online time and um, also became a chaplain candidate in the army so so that was kind of a step into the ministry and then um, as time has gone by we moved from I did get a clear sense after a couple years as a youth pastor of um, I felt like I was more of a leader and uh, more fit for a leadership role and so I started exploring that and that took us to a church in York for eight years, eight and a half years. And then um, uh, kind of like why we're in Gibbon is it, it's kind of what what our family has wanted for a long time to be in a more rural area. Um, mm-hmm. York was about 8,000 people. It's still a rural feel to it, but uh, Gibbon is about 1,800. And yeah. um, like it's an interesting church because it's a, it's kind of the the big church in a small town or a, kind of the big church in our in our area. So a lot of ministry that comes out of that uh, role. So okay. uh, the military the military is an interesting the way the military develops is a lot more kind of on a track. Um you just kind of I've been moved around to different units to be a chaplain in different um types of military units and now I'm in a um a role at the brigade where where I I am the uh well, it'd actually be like a kind of like an executive minister uh, or regional minister, mm-hmm. where I basically work with four chaplains as their supervisor. So, okay. I'd say that's the short answer, but uh, that wasn't very short. No, that's helpful. That's helpful. <laughs> so, um, let's do question three then. Like, what moves you? Do you have any hobbies? Do you have any interests? Um, obviously. 
you, you alluded to wanting to be in a rural context. Um, you know, tell me more about that and any other interests and hobbies you have. Yeah. Um, so for me, rural is more, um, like I just like to be outdoors. I mean, I, it, they're kind of in short supply in Nebraska, but I grew up around, uh, mountains and lakes and stuff where you could fish and <laughs> hike and all that. Um, we, we are certainly short of a mountain or two in Nebraska. Yeah, so I think uh, I think that beautiful land around Moses Merrill, like that's as mountain as we get in Nebraska. I feel like so. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, I always joke. People ask me if I golf, and I'm like, no, I'm in the army. That's pretty much my hobby. Um, so if you think about the, kind of the hours and the focus of uh, it takes to be a pastor, um, then adding another part time job on that. Um, I am trying to kind of hook up with, uh, you know, some people are social drinkers and I think I'm a social hunter. So, um, I'm working on <laughs> finding some friends here that I can kind of tag along and learn how to do some of that stuff. Um, I love to read. I love to, uh, I love to spend time with my kids and family, um, that kind of stuff. All right. Well, good deal. Well, question number four is about your ministry. So tell us what's happening at, uh, at Gibbon. Tell us maybe uh, a little bit of uh, your, your a, a little more of the chaplaincy type things that you do with the, the military. And then maybe where those two things touch in some ways for you. Okay, yeah. So um, so it's interesting. So Gibbon, um, like I said, it's, uh, it's a... Uh, of the, the bigger church in a smaller town or region and um so so you have this interesting dynamic where the pastor is not only the pastor of the church but it's kind of a little bit like being a community figure um, mm-hmm. um it's a more established church where um my last church that i was in was more of a kind of a church revitalization of kind of like a church plant of a, a church that was kind of dying uh, Gibbon is a lot mm-hmm. more of a um, an established church that has a lot of um, history and uh, has had a really active role in the community. And so I, right. I guess I see my role as, um, you know, helping them um, continue that, but also navigate change uh, that's happening. Um, one of the things I can kind of see right now is we've been here um trying to do math on the fly about eight months. Um, and I'm, I'm sensing that we probably need to talk about, um, we've had some, we've had a couple of difficult transitions, uh, pastoral transitions and just some change that way. Um, and just helping people kind of work through that. Um, and you know, there's a lot of shifts going on. Uh, we talked about this recently at pastor retreat, uh, that we had at Moses Merrill, but, it seems like a lot of churches are trying to navigate, um, you know, what does, what does ministry look like, um, right now? And, uh, how do you shift, you know, what should Sunday school look like? What should small groups look like? All that kind of stuff. Um, so I think that's one, one of the challenges I see in the church also that I'm kind of working on is we have a lot of folks in their mid sixties that are doing a lot of heavy lifting and that's awesome but trying to encourage them and, you know, who's the next generation who, who's going to yeah. take the church into the future and 
try to navigate that in a way that the that the those folks can hear that not as a criticism, but also trying to engage those younger folks to say, um, "Hey, this is a chance to start to to learn what it takes to be a church." Um, right. So it's it's always fun. I mean, I I think it's it's an awesome um, it's 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 an awesome setup, and I feel like I'm in the right place and. Um, it does feel like there is a lot going on. So, um, yeah. I mean, tell me a little bit about the. Um, sorry to interrupt you. But, no, sorry. Uh, t- 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 tell me a little bit about this. Um, take your pastor to work day thing that you've been doing. About about the oh yeah so um, it, one of the things that that I've always liked to do is when people are are open to it, I like to. I like to go see people, um, be with them as they do their work. And, um, you know, I think visitation has often had that kind of that, um, oh man, I don't know that word, but almost like that stigma of, you know, we're sitting around the living room drinking tea. And um, this kind of visitation uh, with work boots on in the sense of, um, uh, I'm trying to think just in the last couple of weeks, I spent a couple hours in the combine and I got a tour of a, of a, just a ginormous, um, seed farm, uh, seeing where they're starting out the, the corn cobs and separating mm-hmm. the corn from the cobs and, uh, just all the, all that goes into that. I was in a, I was in a, uh, I met with, uh, somebody that works for a, uh, company here in town that uh, flavors popcorn and ships it to uh-huh. convenience stores and retail locations all over. And I'm just trying to kind of, um, whenever people are willing, like I love to go see what they're doing and to, to try to, I think one of my kind of, one of my goals is really to help people see that, that faith and work are connected. And yeah. um, I think that our society tends to kind of marginalize church as, you know, that's just something that you do for an hour on Sunday if you do it at all. So, right, does that answer right. your question, Greg? Yeah, no, that's great. I love that that line you said, visitation with work boots on. Yeah, um, yep. That's pretty cool. I, I like the idea of, of, of meeting people where they're at and, um, and, and, and helping them understand their vocational calling as, as part of their life as, as a follower of Jesus. It's, it, it's beyond the church walls. That's a little bit like those conversations we were having at the pastors' conference when Travis Collins was here with Fresh Expressions. Um, you know, just just what is ministry going to look like in the future? And yep. I think uh, I think you're right on with this idea of, of valuing people's vocations and and callings and um, as as being part of that. Yeah, it's it's uh, you know I I alluded to it before, but we have this um, very spiritualized view of how God calls pastors and. There's going to be this aha moment where God just sort of reaches miraculously into your life and just lets you know. And we don't have we don't have like a more practical grid for um, like vocation is it applies to all vocations, not just not just the church or not just mission, you know. And I, yeah. I I'm not trying to downplay calling. I'm trying to say that I don't see why it only applies to you know church ministry. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great understanding. So, so tell me a little bit about the. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go well, ahead. You can share whatever you got. This might be where you're going, but I 
I was going to say that I think one of the things that's helped me um, see it this way is military ministry. And mm. um, I think so. one of the things that I've learned in military ministry is um, you get assigned to you get assigned to a uh, battalion when you're a brand new chaplain and you have three or 400 soldiers that you are responsible to provide religious support for. And, um, you know, some chaplains will go in and they'll provide a worship service and they'll do a Bible study. And you kind of see over time, they're like, why, you know, nobody wants to talk to me and I'm not making any connections and all this. And, one thing that I found is that if you take a more missional approach, um, you know, I was in an aviation battalion for a couple of years with helicopter pilots and mechanics, and you can walk up to any helicopter pilot, any mechanic, and you start asking them questions about their helicopter, and they want to talk about it. And, you know, when, you're, when your soldiers are going out on a run or they're, they're doing something, they're doing training, they're... they're um, doing a physical fitness test, all those things. Like, if you're there with them, then so much ministry flows out of those connections where those people wouldn't necessarily come to you any other way. So it kind of goes back to the conversations that we had with Travis about fresh expressions is you're really taking church to people instead of waiting for them to come to a chapel service or chapel mm. uh, chapel office or something like that. Yeah. So good. So uh, another piece of, so the intersection of um, chaplaincy, one of the things about me is is pretty much everybody that knows me or has heard of me knows that I'm in the military. So there's a lot of things that happen kind of informally, I think, because of that, where somebody knows, they know somebody that's struggling or they know a veteran um, just the last couple months I've had, well, earlier this week, I had somebody Facebook message me about um, a soldier they know in a completely different state that, that needs marriage counseling. And they told me where he is, and I kind of worked some of my connections mm. and, and was able to send them some phone numbers for somebody that's right there. Um, about a month ago, we had a a family in our church who who had a, a veteran from the Korean War, and we I was able to kind of work some connections, and and we were able to get some special honor for him. Um, but just just things where people connect because they know, you know, they know somebody in the military, and they know that you're in the military. So, the um, do you know what I'm talking about? These uh, these uh, surveys that come out where they Americans on which occupations they trust the most. Um, no, I've, tell me about yeah, that. Yeah, so consistently um, military officers in the U.S. are viewed with more regard than pastors. So I try to take advantage of that as much as I can. I, I do think people respect, they respect the uniform and they respect the things that that stands for sometimes more than, you know, maybe clergy seems a little more suspicious or unknown. Yeah. So, so that gives you a, an inroad into the community a little bit. Yeah. If you, um, one thing that's told given when we candidated um, at the church, and I, I try to talk this to people, is um, I do think that Christians now uh, in America right now, like 
I do think we need to posture ourselves as missionaries. And so it's very much of a kind of missionary uh, take on it. You know, if, if um, being a military officer translates for people and has meaning, then, then why not use that um, to reach them? Right. Yeah. And I think the same would go for your, again, with the, the visitation with work boots on concept is, is reminding people that that gives you an inroad into ministry being military, um, just like their job, whatever it may be, their vocation gives them inroads into places that, that you can't go. Yeah. And another piece of it too, from the pastoring side or the leadership side is, um, I think that a lot of times I feel like you, you know a lot more pastors than I do, Greg, but I feel like a lot of folks become pastors because of their interest in theology, because of their interest in the Bible. But, you know, if we're going to preach effectively and teach effectively, then we're trying to... John Stott, his preaching book is called Between Two Worlds. And, um, you know, if you're going to be that bridging character that's interpreting the Bible for people, then you kind of need to know where they are and how they think. And yeah. uh, you're not going to do that if all you ever do is read kind of heady theology. Um, and I am somebody that likes to do that. I really do. But like just spending time with people and hearing what they're concerned about and, you know, what their challenges are and what's, what's going well for them and just how they, just how they frame the world, I think helps me do my job better too. Yeah, that's great. Well, let's do uh, question five then. So what's next? So you're doing a lot of stuff. You're, you're a family man. You're, um, you're pastoring a local church in Gibbon. You're doing your chaplaincy thing. Um, so, so what's next for you? What's next for the church, perhaps? What's next for the military career? Um, you know, just kind of the near future. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... I I think it's helpful to to look at things as as um, kind of seasons and and the season that we're in has been uh, you know having young kids at home where they're very dependent um, they're very dependent on their parents and our kids are just starting to get a little bit older and going into the more of a I don't there's probably a better term for it but I'm just calling it the soccer mom stage where it feels like we're running them every which way for activities. Um, <laughs> so they're, they're not quite yeah. quite as dependent, you know. Um, so, and I kind of feel like in my career, in terms of the military as well as um, where we are in the church life, it's kind of like, you know, education is done. I've been doing this for a few years. And um, I'm kind of looked to as a leader in some of these areas where, you know, I'm trying to lead fellow chaplains and um, trying to, to be a good colleague with my fellow pastors. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of what I'm thinking about is more, probably more big picture in a sense and more um, more legacy in the sense of like, okay, who am I shaping and um, what am I building? So I'm thinking in terms of like here in Gibbon, um, community involvement. So some people are kind of making fun of me, but I, I'm, I'm on the housing agency now. Um, so kind of doing board work. Nobody likes to do board work, but board work is how organizations move forward. Um, mm-hmm. I, I see that as a form of service. Um, 
I'm always thinking yeah. about, always thinking about leadership, um, just kind of wherever I am and, you know, what's the mark that I'm making in my, um, I feel like, you, you know what I mean? If I say that, I, I feel like, um, I feel like a fair number of people, um, you know, it's really easy to be critical of things or to see what's wrong. And I, I want to be the kind of person that is kind of pitching in towards, um, what's next or what's better. Um, yeah. and, and I'm kind of also thinking as a middle-aged, um, dad and husband thinking about personal wellness and, um, some of those, like, um, um, you know, am I taking care of myself? What are my hobbies? You know, <laughs> like I probably ought to have an answer to that question. No. So <laughs> kind of, you know, I mean, to me, it's almost a question that's, it's not only professional, but it's also personal and it all ties together. Well, um, it's been really good talking with you and enjoyed, uh, our conversation. So if, uh, I, I know you write and that you, that's maybe one of your hobbies, if you will. Yep. Um, and that you have a presence in social media and elsewhere. If our listeners had a uh, question for for your type of ministry, if they wanted to learn more about, um, you know, uh, going to do visitation with work boots on, or what is it like to be um, having dual income slash dual ministry type concepts, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah. So. Um... One of the things I do is I, I write a newspaper column for our local paper here that's in the surrounding five or six communities. And I post that at uh, pestrjohn.com, and that's uh, P-S-T-R-J-N, no vowels, uh, .com. And then I, I have a, I'm fairly active on Facebook with my page that's Pastor John, and the, the username on that is the same as the website, P-S-T-R-J-N. And I would just say if, if somebody's curious about this, like feel free to look me up and, and uh, message me or, um, or just kind of follow. And um, I try to basically um, uh, share kind of what's going on in life and give people a chance to connect. So I'm, I'm always curious about what other people are doing and kind of what they're facing. And um, I think life is a lot more interesting when you're talking to people other than yourself. So. All right. Well, thank you for your time. It's been great talking with Reverend Dr. John Weimer, pastor at Gibbon Baptist Church and military chaplain. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me, Greg, and um, I hope you raise your standards later. Um, <laughs> but it's been great. So. All right. Well, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Yep. Thank you for listening to Mission in 5, the podcast. Keep tuning in as we introduce you to the many different ministry leaders, pastors, and church leaders impacting the churches of Nebraska and the larger American Baptist community. Check out the show notes for links to Reverend Dr. John Weimer's uh, website, blog, and social media pages. Subscribe to the podcast at Podbean, iTunes, and Google Play. While there, be sure to rate and review us so we know how you are enjoying the podcast. Send us ideas on who you would like us to interview for future episodes. And as always, feel free to support us by giving through the PayPal link at our abcnebraska.com website. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.